Why Nickers? Bernard pulls the trigger. And this is a brand. Nickers is a brand. Allen Houston. Nickers means Lord. Once a neck, always a neck. You guys are listening to Nickish. This is episode number 100. For after three years, we've we've got it. You know, talked about the ups and the downs of the New York Knicks. We went from Porzingis to Kevin Knox to to Frank to everything in between. Uh, the the Porzingis trade, Dennis Smith Jr. days, and you know Julius Randle, the, the old old Randle, and now uh, the newly minted most improved player of the NBA this season. Congratulations to you and me both, man. Episode number 100. Ta, legit thought you was about to say congratulations to Julius for most improved today. But uh, yeah, yeah, let's just pat ourselves <laughs> on the back. <laughs> congratulations. Uh, no, nah, honestly, as a whole, in terms of just like us, us Knicks fans and just all our fellow Knicks fan brethren, like real shit, like congrats to us just for like sticking through and being like loyal fans and mm-hmm. i hate this shit how like i'm going off on a whole tangent but i want to just touch on this real quick i hate how i see like some hipster ass fucking sports writers or just like prominent tweeters that just like oh it's not noble to be loyal to one team like shut the fuck up it's sports you know what i mean there's no we're not talking about nobility we're just saying like you're allowed to root for whoever and we're allowed to have opinions on whoever if you're one of those people that is a front runner and will jump at the at the nearest site of like adversity to go to another team or if you're a lebron fan that probably has like eight different jerseys in your closet right now mm. you know what i mean like that that's you but the we as the loyal fans of like specific teams that show like that kind of passion for one squad one team one franchise we have the right to talk shit you know what i mean like because to me that just seems like some weak shit like being not like you know what i mean like not having like a loyal bone in your body you know what i mean but back to the knicks we patterned ourselves on the back not only for episode 100, but like to your point, just like how far we, this franchise has come. And it's been eight years, bro. And I feel like there's multiple. Uh, you were obviously at the game. I'll let you obviously speak to that. But like there were multiple elements of that whole atmosphere and the vibes in that game that kind of epitomized the fact that we was gone for eight years. You know what I mean? Like the fans were bloodthirsty. You know what I mean? Hmm. X Y Z. But how about we just uh? Do you want to start? You want to dig right into the game, or how yeah? About, I mean, uh, I mean, talk about, talk about what what was it like being back at the Mecca? Just the feeling. Where playoffs belong. You know like what I mean? the whole reason why, and you know, excuse me because my voice is broken a little bit from screaming. I, I mean, you know, the the fuck Trey Young chance start from yeah, somewhere. You, you know what I'm that, saying? Right? You started uh, that. That was the originator <laughs> right here. Oh <laughs> uh, man, um, the whole scene, the whole vibe to it, it. There's so many levels to it, apart from just the fact that it's been eight years. We think about the time of 2020 and 2021, that just the whole start of the season, where we were at the start, and how we were mentally. Um, a lot of people were going through, a lot of Knicks fans were going through personal things when, when it came to COVID. It took 3 million lives, you know? So yeah. we were right in the midst of it, and it was getting really bad in New York, again, uh, going into December and January. And, you know, we know all the narratives that started, that the Knicks were on a solid start, but they're going to come come crashing back to earth. 
and they're going to be the same old Knicks, you know, being the worst team. They had the worst record in between the two playoff times that they had. So 2013 and 2021, the worst record in the NBA. We've seen it. We've seen them have the worst record. We oh, were yeah. we were going for the tank. We wanted the tank to get Zion. We wanted the tank to get Carl Anthony Towns. Like we've we've seen that happen. Um Good but, God, that feels like mad long ago, but also like yesterday. Because I remember right. us rapidly, furiously messaging each other, like, yo, what the fuck is Tim Hardaway doing winning <laughs> us these games? <laughs> this fucking Maurice Endower. Endower. I don't know where he is, but he still owes me a, a, a one-on-one square up. Yeah. <laughs> we could have had Cap, but not our God. Yeah, so it, it all culminates to that one moment when you got 15,000 fans going to MSG, the biggest gathering since you know COVID really started hitting people. Um, you know, over a year ago, and just that feeling of being able to escape from that, be distractive, uh, or be distracted from all the world's troubles. Cause that's what sports does for us, and that's why we started getting back into it. Uh, and we started ca- calling it the quarantine series in in March 2020 to just get distracted from all the quarantine stuff and everything that was going on outside, and just getting back into sports and. The vibe was insane, electric from the moment you walk in, or even just a block away. Just Knicks jerseys everywhere, and man, I tried buying a Randall jersey. Those are sold out everywhere. I, I couldn't get my hands on it, so I got I had to go with my Barrett jersey, which is also fine too. Um, but just just the energy was absolutely insane. Just walking into the building. So I don't know what time you started watching the broadcast. Um, obviously, I didn't watch it, but you know. Just tell me real quick what it was like before the game started, you know, leading up to t- leading up to the tip off. I mean, you could tell just off like watching it from home, like the atmosphere was ridiculous. Like on on everything, it was just like you could tell this is going to be the best like playoff crowd of the first round. You know what I mean? Which is not hard to do when you consider like I feel like the game before or the night before it was like Brooklyn. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So like a bunch of hipsters and like it's so there was like. I'm going off a whole other tangent again, but there was like certain moments where they'd show the fans in the crowd. I was like, oh yeah, these are paid actors. Like literally, <laughs> it looked like a skit happening. Like somebody was shooting a TikTok and they got like the fucking exact version of like the typecast hipster you need to represent Brooklyn in the stands. You know what I mean? But regardless, they're they're fifty percent off tickets. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I was like, I tweeted from that's some shameless ass shit. Bro, they had their franchise player James Harden be like, "Yo, with your code with, with code name Beard, you could get fifty percent off the MVP, <laughs> our tickets." An MVP with KD. Yo, y'all, yo, y'all come through. We'll give you fifty percent off, bro. <laughs> That's just so embarrassing. That I mean, KD was saying what that like we wasn't cool enough. Like, like come on now. But um, yeah, I mean to go back to your question, bro. Like I, I tweeted from our account, like literally just watching from home and just like. At, as tip top, tip off was happening, as the first few possessions were like unfolding, my heart was beating out my chest, just sitting on my couch, bro. I was like not even sitting, I was standing up for like the first five minutes of the quarter, and it was like pinching myself because like oh shit, it, eight years later we're here now. I was in college, you know what I mean? Now I'm just like a stressed out grown man right now. You know what I mean? Watching from home, finally, you know what I mean? And then we see like. As the possession unfolds, like, to your point, it kind of, like, shift a little bit to the game. You could tell, like, that atmosphere, just, like, the intensity, the pressure. It was actually, it got to the players. Definitely the Knicks. And that Mm -hmm. was, like, kind of one of the things I was worried about. And it it was obvious that it was going to happen. Because not only, it wasn't just a playoff crowd. Like, going from a regular season crowd to the playoff crowd. To your point, after the year we had, COVID wrecked lives you know what i mean and then like obviously sports is a minuscule part of what 
what was affected by COVID, no doubt. But then it obviously took its toll on the NBA, where it's just like they had a bubble, which the Knicks did not attend. Then we had, like, you know, games playing in empty arenas. And you go from that, you know what I mean, to, like, 2K fans to now, like, 15K fans, you know what I mean? It was going to be jarring for all for all the players, especially our guys, especially guys like Randall, who he's a vet, but this is his first playoff, you know what I mean? Yep. So to circle back to your point, the atmosphere was crazy, but it was like a gift and a curse, you know what I mean? It was dope, it was goosebumps, but it's like, damn, I wish we had an empty arena right now. Mm-hmm. We would have whooped these Hawks' ass, you know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> like everybody basically channeled in all the energy that they had and just everything that they've been feeling and just putting it out there in, in like the very first defense chat uh chant that felt like a final minute chant just for, just off the first possession where that when the hawks had the ball you know they they got the they got the announcers making the noises and they got to say what they got to say and then the defense chants just started going crazy and everybody at the top of their lungs standing up no one was sitting down that first couple of minutes um and i think you're right it, it, they did get shook cuz i don't remember the score in the first couple of minutes but the Knicks were down that was easy to tell like the Hawks were going basket after basket, the pick and roll. I don't like we'll get into the pick and roll in this game, but just off the first couple of minutes, they weren't making their baskets. Yeah, let me actually we have the we have the wonder of the internet right now because like watching that game was all emotion, and like I, I I may have mentioned this side note to you like offline. I don't even know if we recorded this part, but like I I've been with my girl for like five years now. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like not to pat myself on the back again, but <laughs> but um throughout that time the Knicks been major ass we've read varying various varying degrees of ass you know what i mean somewhat ass you know what i mean <laughs> the tail end of the carmelo era to like just pure unadulterated fizzdale endorsed ass you know what i mean so and then to to fast forward to now to see her see my reactions i was like okay i look like a crazy person right now to somebody with no context but that's the beauty of the playoffs mm-hmm. you know what i mean like um but that's just a whole different different thing but I don't know where I was going with. Oh, oh yeah, start yeah. Of the so, game. Yep. Yeah, the start of the game. I mean, bro. Like, I guess we got to start with the big, the the big name we mentioned. Well, obviously, congrats for most improved player. But what I could tell from the very first quarter was like, damn, this is not. Good. This is exact. It was like a compound effect of like, oh shit, it's the playoffs. Oh shit, it's fifty thousand fans, and then oh shit, it's Julius after like a week off. And I mentioned that on our last pod. Yep. These breaks, like, it's it's a curse for Julius. I think he's so much of a grinder that him having time off, like, it sounds like some cliche shit, but him having time off is actually a detriment to his game. You know what I mean? Like, so I think I think that's my biggest takeaway from, like, the start of the game. It just did not... He, he went... He was two for eight in the first quarter. He made one of his threes. RJ, I think... He, I mean, he had a slow start. Reggie had a slow start. First quarter, actually, you know what? The elephant in the room fucking elf bro like uh-huh. give me your thoughts on what was the vibe around Alfred Payton in the garden was it 15,000 people <laughs> like that just had seething rage toward this motherfucker or uh, like what, what was it like I'm so used to watching the game at home when whenever elf would touch the ball I'd be like oh. but then like you hear the whole row in front of you behind you and near you all going oh. <laughs> let's just touch the ball <laughs> you know, just, just pass the ball man let's get the fuck out of the game why are you still in the game and like people will be chanting like yo like sub him out and all that shit so like the moment d rose came in i'm sure i'm sure you could hear the chant from a mile away man the the chance for d rose was insane but half of it was also because alfred payne was being taken out of the game and on a side note i saw somewhere today that tibbs made a note where he could be considering benching alfred payne for game two i mean so it could happen 
could make a note. I, I take that as a definite. We're gonna we're gonna see a change coming. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like he's always been so steadfast. You know what I mean? To the point of like, oh no, you know, Elf brings X Y Z. He's a rugged defender. He's he's a nice guy. He brings the bagels <laughs> in the morning. He's he's all the above. You know what I mean? But him to say that like a dude like Tibbs, I think that means a lot. He's not one of these coaches that's gonna be ambiguous for the sake of being ambiguous. You know what right. I mean? Um, but that's the thing. Like when you the looking at how the team how the game played out, like uh, we love the Julius and Reggie kind of like I touched on it. They had like off first quarters and just off games, but we love that kind of two man game that let them both flourish in the regular season. But mm-hmm. I wasn't shocked to see that like that wasn't working as well. Because that's dependent on Julius cooking, you know what I mean? And when he's cooking, he plays with, like, swagger, you know what I mean? He plays with, like, oh, he's bringing the ball up. He's, like, getting his Magic Johnson on, you know what I mean? He was looking tentative, bro. Like, there were certain possessions where it's just, like, even Greg Anthony on TNT was just, like, oh, he, Julius should have shot that. Would, in the regular season, would have shot that with, mm-hmm. like, um, I don't know. It was, like, a mid-range. Yeah, you know, yeah. It was mid-range, yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. It was, like, there was hesitancy there. It's and that's, like, you can't do that in the playoffs, bro. And, and yeah, go ahead, you know, go. the this happened to end up being one of his worst games of his career. You know, shout out to Tommy Beer always getting us with these stats. He said it was the first time in his entire career, which is 447 games, that Randall attempted more than 20 shots and converted fewer than seven of them. It's basically his worst game. But if we want to put a bright note to it, he also mentioned that Julius Randall only scored 15 points, and during the regular season this past season, he only scored 15 or fewer 10 times. But in the games that immediately followed those 10 games, Randall averaged 28, basically 29 points, 12 rebounds, and 6 assists. So he's a monster in these comeback games. So yeah. it's not something that, you know, we should rely on. We shouldn't have to be in this position where, like, oh, he has shit again. He's going to turn it around. But it's, on, you know, obviously it's a good thing that he's able to work twice as hard. It's just he shouldn't put himself in that hole where he has to feel that need to work twice as hard. Um, yeah, yeah, but yeah, that's that was I mean, random. We've seen that from game. the team. We not even only just seen that from Julius, but we see it from the team. Like when they have like an an ugly game, a game that's just like demoralizing, they come back the next game and they either like rip off a win streak or they just have like an impressive like showing in the very next game. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? But that's the thing. That's like the flip side of it. Like that's cool that we're one of those teams that can like, oh shit, we're backs against the wall. We're gonna knife our way out of here. You know what I mean? Like we got we got a razor in our in, underneath our tongue. We're gonna find our way to get the fuck out of that corner. You know what I mean? But you don't want to be facing that adversity, at least, uh, definitely not after game one of the playoffs, you know what I mean? Like, the whole thing that's kind of, that really just, like, the stakes are high, you know what I mean? Like, I've been watching, like, obviously, we watch every game this season. Yeah, there are moments where I'm just, like, pissed and, like, the emotions are high and I'm just, like, like hanging on every, like, every second of every possession. But that's that escalated to a degree I forgot I had in me in the playoffs, bro. Mm-hmm. It's just like every possession means something. So that's why these bullshit Alfred Payton to go back to that bum because we could we'll talk about Randall a little bit more. But like to go back to that, we can't have these fucking minutes, bro. We lost by two points. Alfred yeah. played like eight minutes. If, if, imagine those eight minutes did not happen. I'm not trying to be like you know what I mean like a, a like like one of those dickhead fans, but like yo, I'm not. We, there's a high chance we would have won that game if Alf did not exist. <laughs> And to put it on the flip side, who was a guy guarding? Who was a guy who was put in to guard Trey Young in the very last like ten seconds of the game? Frank, why? Why is his first minute of the game the last possession? If he's trusted enough to guard the Hawks' best player, why doesn't he do that from the start or from the get go? Why put him in cold after the whole game for that last second shot? So I mean, Frank got burned at the end. He's getting a lot of blame for it, which you know 
he was the guy that was his de- defensive assignment. He yeah, he didn't yeah, yeah, do yeah. it. Um, but uh, also he shouldn't be put in at the very last second to do to make uh, argue. I mean, pretty much the biggest defensive stop in the whole in the whole game. Yeah, I mean, and then I mean, people will be like, "Oh, he played. He, he did play at the end of the first half, but like that even just You're makes right, it worse." Yeah. You know what I mean? Like second half. Yeah. Oh, okay. He's li- you're literally gonna use him as a defensive specialist like that. Why the fuck don't we use Elf like that then? Like if, if Tibbs is gonna go on go go up to the podium after every game this season and be like, oh, we like what Elf brings to us defensively. I then use him like that. You know what I mean? Like like fucking give him like three Adderalls and be like, yo, for these three minutes in a game, hmm. you're gonna go in there and just like defend like the Tasmanian Devil. We don't want you to do anything else. You know what I mean? Why, yeah. like, why can't he be the designated stopper? And Frank, like, he's he can actually shoot, bro. Like, we didn't imagine the season he just had, the kind of corner three point shooting he just had. He shot like forty seven percent for three, some crazy percentage like that. And obviously that's on low volume, but the vast majority of his volume was from the corners, and he was killing it from there. You need that kind of shit in the playoffs, especially with like. To your point, he was cold and he's a defender, so now you're going to have Frank Detractor saying, oh, he's not really that good of a defender then. Nah, I mean, yeah, that was his man. Like, to your point, that's his responsibility to get that stop. It didn't happen. You know what I mean? That That's an L on Frank's, like, forehead. But give him some consistent playing time. You know what I mean? It's not like it's... I don't even watch baseball, but it's not like it's like, a, like in baseball where you just call a pitcher and, you know what I mean, just make that switch or whatever the fuck. You know what I mean? Like... I don't know. I think Tim he was just, he was really watching the whole. It, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, no. I was just gonna say I hate to say he got out coached, but like, yeah. Go yeah, ahead. like Frank was literally watching the game from the bench the whole time, heart beating because like he's like, oh, is Randall gonna be the guy who's gonna score the bucket? Tim's like, yo, just grabs him, and be like, yo, <laughs> get into the game. <laughs> Two seconds left. Guard their best guy. Make sure he doesn't score a basket, or you're not getting minutes next game. The what kind of Bro. necessity is that? Like to put pressure on a guy like that. Yeah, I think the easiest move to make is, like, I'm not even saying start Frank. I'm taking take Elf out the rotation. <laughs> start Burks, because yeah. Burks was, like, they were mad. Yo, Burks is, I'm, I'm not going to gas up Alec Burks, him, like, he's been a journeyman. But his skill set and what he can do, Oof. it's built for the playoffs. You know what I mean? He's not just a spot-up guy. He can make something out of nothing. There, I keep saying it all the time. He looks like a bootleg Kobe, but there are literally moments Minutes at a time during games where he's just like he's he's heating up and that's mad valuable. Four I mean, quarters. To go back too. to the point about every minute being momentous in playoffs, but I think he needs he needs to start. I don't know how it's gonna work, but him, RJ, Reggie, Julius, and Noel. You know I mean, why not? And and on that note, I hated like to kind of go into the Hawks side. I hated the fact that we didn't attack Trey Young enough, bro. Like for real. I, you saw RJ do it a little bit, but mm-hmm. it's just like, yo, any every minute he's on the court, we should be attacking that little micro fucking midget, bro. Mm-hmm. Like, I fucking hate his, hate his guts. <laughs> <laughs> I hate his guts, bro. I was getting so many Paul Pierce vibes at the end of that game. I was like, oh, this motherfucker. You know, you know what I mean? Like, when the fucking Celtics will, like, win in the garden, they yeah. just have, like, pretend like they, they'd have a ticker tape parade on the garden floor after they beat us in, like, fucking Christmas Day game. Trey Young did that shit. Fuck him. You know what I mean? Um, I was I was cracking up before because we were talking about Frank and I was looking at the box score. This man, this man in this game literally had one minute. That was his. That was what he played. He only played. With, I'm pretty sure he only played that last possession. But I could have sworn he did. He did come in in the first half when he said it. But according to the box score, man only played one minute. D Rose played 38. 
IQ played 21, Albert Payne played 8. Like, this this point guard minute distribution thing shouldn't be this big of an issue in game one of the playoffs. By now, it should be, you know, relatively set, but it looks like it's all over the place. D-Rose, 38 minutes. Like, yeah, he's he's a critical player, you know, on this team, but D-Rose playing 38 minutes in the playoffs is kind of scary, too. I mean, then again, that's what you got the rest for, right? I knew that was going to happen. I knew as soon as the playoffs came, Tibbs was going to look at D-Rose. He was just like, all right, well... It's time. Yeah, we got. You know what I mean? It's time. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, like an old gunslinger. It's like a, you got one last heist in you. You know what I mean? Like, um, that's the thing. To your point, it's just like the point guard rotation don't make sense if you're gonna fucking play Alfred Payne like he's literally Keith Bogans. That don't work when Keith Bogans is the point guard. You know what I mean? Keith Bogans is a three and D wing that you could just put in the corner and forget about. This man mm-hmm. Alfred Payton is responsible for handling the ball. You know what I mean? Like. Like, if you want to bring Rose off the bench, I dig that. That makes sense to me. He damn near won six men of the year. Burks, too, when he was healthy, he probably would have been in that running if he stayed consistently healthy throughout the season, right? Then start IQ, because IQ did not look shook, bro. Like, he, no. him Oof. and Obi and even RJ, too, like, to some moments, they did not look shook at all. And which is ironic, because it was the vets that looked shook, you know what I mean, by the moment, but... That's the, IQ definitely should start. Yeah, a hundred percent true, and they were the reason why the Knicks got back into the game. Yeah, you, you got that IQ three, you got that OB dunk. Like those are the I, like the RJ pop was really really good. That IQ three pointer felt bigger to me at know, least bro, from wait, where wait. I was sitting. From where I was I think sitting, I woke up. I have like probably six floors above me. I woke up probably four of those floors. <laughs> how I yelled when RJ yammed it on fucking oh. uh, boogie bogey, whatever the fuck. Side note, he's a he looks dorky as shit, but Bogdanovich is a fucking killer, bro. He was an assassin out <laughs> yeah. there, bro. Like this man, I remember in our one of our early season pods, I was talking about how like I think it was the off season where the Bucks almost got him, and Giannis apparently was like that was his guy. It wasn't mm-hmm. Drew Holiday that was seen as the main guy he wanted. It was uh, Bogdanovich because he's like a cold blooded killer overseas or like in the international games. Yeah, I see it now. <laughs> you know what I mean? This man look was terrified, bro. Anytime he like pulled up, I was like, "Oh God!" He had that. Oh, he God. had that one three pointer. You know, one minute ago was it, or two minutes ago? He last second shot. I think RJ just got him. He bumped to the side, took a step, took a three, and it, it was it was all splash. Man, and yeah, he was like yeah. seven or fifteen, but I could have sworn he was like ten of twelve. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's what it felt like. Mm-hmm. All right, we got, um, we got to talk about the pick and roll, man, because from where I was sitting, where we were sitting, we were like, what the fuck is going on? Like, what were the analysts saying when Trey Young kept walking in and making a floater time and time when, again? That's the thing. When Trey Young was cooking, it was like, I think I had the TNT broadcast, but I was almost like damn near tuning him out. That's how fucking honed in on the game was. But instead of talking about, like, I guess, like, I don't know, correct me if I'm wrong, there's probably people out there that are listening right now that will listen to this and, like, say, like, oh, that's bullshit. But, like, to me, it felt like they were more so focused on bigging up Trey for, like, getting into the teeth of the defense and getting that floater off than rather focusing on what the Knicks were not doing defensively. You know what I mean? But to your point, I feel like they sold out to, like, stop Capella from eating, you know what I mean? Like, from, like, destroying us. Because like, that's what I was worried about going in. I was like, yo, without Mitch... It's going to be tough to contain Capella. And, like, that's not to say Capella's, like, fucking Hakeem Olajuwon, but, like, his role in the pick and roll, you know what I mean? Like, we definitely took away the lob, you know what I mean? I think they only had, like, one connection. The very the first bucket was a lob, and we're exactly, like, fuck. Then, exactly, but then after that, you could tell Tibbs was just like, we're not going to do that no more. Mm-hmm. But that was a gift and a curse, because, like, Trey was getting them easy, like, easy floaters, you know what I mean? 
Um, even Lou Will, like that third quarter run pissed me the fuck off. Yeah. Like he had a one man run. We had just taken a lead. We were building on it. This fucking like fucking Jamaica Queens looking Trini motherfucker, like just just went off, bro. Like I swear to God, he looks like motherfuckers I'd see like, play at the park back then. Like no no shots, but that's like literally what he reminds me of when I see him. <laughs> like respect to Lou Will, cause we were talking about how bad he is in the playoffs, but he came in and he wanted to change that reputation, I guess. So. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> hey, hey don't worry about me, man. <laughs> it's not me who you should be worried about. <laughs> I mean, I got love for the training folks. Like, uh, I mean, we we from Queens, yo. It's all good. I mean, I'm saying this from authentic experience. You know I mean? <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly who he looks like. He, he literally looks like the big brother of a dude I went to high school with. Yeah. <laughs> um, fuck, man. Trey Young only took three threes in this game. Like, he's a three-point shooter, but he only took three threes, and he took 23 shots. So 20 of his shots were all inside the paint. Like, that's unacceptable. Completely unacceptable. For the but smallest guy on the court. Yeah, but that tells you exactly what the game plan was. Yeah. It's like, yo, we're going to stop the, 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 the lob and, the, like, the connections on the pick and roll. And we're going to take away the three from Trey. You know what I mean? Because I saw that a lot, too. They was aggressive making sure he didn't, like, get them looks as often as he wanted to. And, I mean, that's our defense in the regular season. We're aggressive against three-point shooters. But I feel like this is kind of the flip side of that of the point I made about, like, attacking Trey on defense. I think Tibbs got to, like, kind of attack that that part of Trey's game, too. You know what I mean? Like, whole time I'm watching, I'm just like, this is going to sound like a joke, but, like, deadass, why don't you bring Jared Harper in and just have him fucking rough up Trey Young? You know what I mean? Mm. Just, like, do that Avery Bradley defense. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, just something like that. Just get an like, even smaller guy to do. <laughs> that, that's what I mean. Not, not even. Just like, yo, Jared Harper, go out there, worldwide, what's to pay your fine? Just literally go out there and just punch him in the face <laughs> just two good licks <laughs> get suspended get a paid vacation worldwide west will send you some money on your offshore account <laughs> like easy peasy you know what i mean but on some real shit yeah i mean i don't know if tips would change up his game plan because he's a very rigid kind of guy and it's only been game one right but yeah. i think the key thing the biggest obvious easy change to make is just to get elf out the rotation there's no reason we should pl- be playing a 10-man rotation in playoffs i don't know how you feel about that but I just feel like you got to shorten the rotation in the playoffs. You know what I mean? Like, what, what what's your take on that? At least, would you would you shorten the rotation or just flip Elf yeah. off? Or I mean, else? we saw we saw eleven guys on the court. You know, including Frank's one minute. I'm I'm counting that for sure because he had the last he, he played that last <laughs> minute. There. That shit was important. But he he had eleven guys playing that game. Like Alfred Payne literally did nothing for the Knicks that game. Eight minutes, he did nothing. Uh, he didn't, he put three shots up, made none. Uh, one assist and just minus two overall. He did get a foul. He should be if he's gonna play limited minutes. He, I I, I want to see like two three fouls in those eight minutes. Like he could be the guy that roughens up Trey Young. Um, Reggie got to make his threes, bro. Like yeah, I'm looking at the box score now and I could oh for five. I could have sworn he made I, at least a couple. No, I could have sworn he went oh for ten, bro. Like it just felt like he would not stop missing. And I'm just like, bro, it wasn't even like he was taking tough looks. Yeah. It was open shots that he had open all season. I'm just like, all right, now you definitely shook. Right. You're too used to, like, not having anybody cheering in the background. You know what I mean? Now you got literally MSG, playoff atmosphere. There's that psychological element to it. I feel like that was kind of underrated. Even though I brought it up last time, but I feel like I, I was like, oh, it's just going to be the rookies that kind of face it, face it the most, right? Nah, bro, it was crazy. It was like the only person that seemed like wasn't shook at all, not even one bit, was probably Tosh. That's because he's, he's older than, like, Life. Uh, he played. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, bro. 
<laughs> oh man. <laughs> he <laughs> he had that one play where he 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 caught the rebound, put it right back. I think he got the and one. He was screaming at the, at the crowd, pumped up. I loved it. He does, he man playing Chicago. He's been in a lot of playoff games. He knows exactly what it likes. Yeah, why does Todd look like he's forty five years old? I'm pretty sure he's like thirty. How old, how old is he? Like thirty six. He's not that old, but he looks much older than he really is. I think he's like thirty seven. No, I have no I idea. I mean, Could be. Yeah, I mean, he, he's looked the same age since he came in the league. That's also facts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, real quick, Burks, man, twenty six minutes, twenty seven points, fourth quarter guy. Like that's our. That's a guy who's 100% a closer. Just put him in the fourth quarter, let him put in the work, and let him do his thing. He, uh, The thing is that... Oh, yeah, yeah. he's definitely not the same shook. I forgot to mention him as well, but yeah. Yeah. That man. And it's definitely not Thank time God. to like even talk about it, but then I was thinking about free agency whenever I see him and D. Rose play. And, you know, those two and Taj, and I think there's one more guy outside of Peyton who are free agents, oh. and I don't think we have... I was going to think about bringing back... I think you were going to, like, who we bring back. Yeah. In the season, I was like, yeah, we got to bring back Reggie. But now it's just like, you could find a Reggie, I feel like. You know what I mean? Like, just like a basic 3 and D guy that, like, if he's not making the shots in the playoffs, he's damn near useless. You know what I mean? But Burks, he's bringing that element of, like, okay, you kind of you kind of streaky, but when that streak is, like, hot, you're going to win us. A, he damn near won us the game last night. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, when we took the lead, it was, like, on his back. You know what I mean? He had some, like, nice threes. You know what I mean? And... Yeah, I'd bring back Burks. I'd bring back everybody you name, basically, except, like, Bullock. You know what I mean? Like, Taj, Rose, Burks. Bring them all oh, back. Oh, Noel's, Noel's a free agent, too. That guy's going to get paid. Oh, shit. Yeah, facts. Finally. He turned down that Dallas $70 mm-hmm. million dollars years ago. Dumbest decision ever. Signing with the Knicks, though? Very smart. Yeah. I mean, Alec Burks <laughs> reminds me of JR, just without the drama. And, yeah, yeah. Def- without the fun, too. You know what I mean? Like, Burks... Tell me not, he plays like a dude that plays at five two. You know what I mean? His whole game, his whole swagger. You know what I mean? Yeah. He just seems like a, like a like uh, like a pooper at the park. I, I dig that, but it's also like, I feel like well, that goes to him being streaky. We we love that he almost brought us back, but I feel like there's there's gonna be a time in the series maybe there where he like he's gonna be frustrating. I don't know. I'm not not to jinx him, but right, that's, and that's the gift and the curse of being a streaky player. You know what I mean? I'm not gonna would right now, but. Honestly, I can't remember the last time he was he was, he had a poor shooting night. Knock on wood. <laughs> you know, you can't have that during the playoffs, bro. It's different. <laughs> but like that that term that we give him a streaky shooter. I don't I don't really know if he really has that. If it if this season he could be described as as a streaky shooter, I think he's just a pretty good scorer. You saying he evolved? This is this is next level, Alec Burks. That's what I'm saying, man. <laughs> he went from Charmander to Charmeleon. <laughs> I dig it. <laughs> he got the flamethrower. Ah. Ah. No, <laughs> <laughs> no. Nah, nah, I definitely feel like, well, this is another tangent, but, like, I, I didn't listen to this, but I saw people tweeting about it. Bill Simmons had some fucking ringer stooge, mm. Sean Fennessy, a fake-ass Knicks fan. Yep. On. And this motherfucker literally knows nothing. You could tell he he watched probably maybe two games a season. The game And, one, like, the Sunday playoff game was one of them. Because he was like... <laughs> I expect Simmons to be clueless at this point. He's damn near senile, even though I loved his old work. But he was saying shit along the lines of, oh, you know, we, we, you, you're not going to see this from Burks again. So what the fuck have you been watching this whole season, bro? Like, they was acting like it was crazy for Burks to be on fire like that. Like, it was some kind of fluke, like, 
once in a blue moon shit. You know what I mean? Like, oh, regression to the mean. He's gonna he's gonna go back to being Alec Burks. This is Alec Burks in twenty twenty one, bro. Like, knock on wood, obviously, obviously. But that just pissed me off. You know what I mean? That's, but that's why we yeah. need Mike Breen on the broadcast for TNT. So they actually know the facts because that's that's where they're getting their information from. No offense to Greg Anthony, you know, uh, Knicks vet right there, but put Mike Breen on and let him actually spit some knowledge on what the Knicks season's been like for these guys who have never watched them this season. Yeah, Worldwide West got to do something. I feel like he's he's got some kind of pull. Like, just <laughs> go take care of the ringer. Like, I'm tired of it. Like, I actually got to give them some credit. Though. That writer that posted some bullshit article last summer or over the offseason is like, oh, there's no joy in the Knicks hiring Tibbs. He wrote another article, like a sequel to that, that where he's basically copping to being like taking the L and like just being completely wrong and like shitting on himself. I respect, I respect that. that. You know what I mean? Like one thousand percent. That's most probably because like our account was on there, courtesy of me, just cursing him out like every every time like he came on the timeline. I was like, this fucking idiot. Where's your joy now, bitch? Nah, nah. Like, shout out to I think his name is Roger Sherman. You know what I mean? I don't want to bring up the ringer too much. I mean, they have some good, good, good content. I just like anytime Bill Simmons brings on somebody that you could tell is like a fake Knicks fan, it just makes my blood boil, bro. Mm-hmm. Like, it's disgusting. Um, moving on to game two, and man, what I, I'm so glad that we get to talk about our first playoff game for our hundredth episode. It's it's fucking awesome. Shout out real quick to Osama and Teddy who have been part of the show for a little bit no both doubt, doing their no own doubt, things yeah, right now doubt. shout out to both of these those guys uh sure. would love to have them back on show for for an episode um <clears throat> on to game two look man the the knicks lost by two points after randall's worst game this season and bullock making no three-pointers this this game and Alfred Payne playing eight minutes so you know on the bright side we we're only one reggie Bullock three-pointer away or two randall you know, makes a way from winning this game. So, yo, it's really, it's yeah. just like if Julius plays against the Hawks how he did in the regular season, that's why I was like thinking like it would be Knicks in five. You know what I mean? Even despite us not having Mitch, who would be mad useful to like not only just handling Capella, but our pick and roll defense. That Say what you will, there are casuals out there that are like, oh, the Knicks were healthy all season. Oh, it's their, their, uh, oh, their starting center who's like only has 8.7 rebounds. He, he's not a big loss. Hmm. These fucking casuals don't know what the fuck they're talking about, bro. Mitch, he's a goddamn octopus out there on fucking defense. I mean, his length, his girth, him, like, he got so much better not, like, at not fouling. Yep. He's not hunting. He wasn't hunting for blocks. He was he was great at the pick and roll D, you know what I mean? Having him and Noel out there for 48 minutes, that shit was lovely. And his loss is going to be, is was even just present in this past game, you know what I mean? Like, there was some, like, some possessions where... We actually did do a good job defensive rebounding, but you could tell it was like we we held it down defensive rebounding because that was like obviously a point of like the game plan. You know what I mean? Like I saw RJ fighting for rebounds and boxing the fuck out. You know what I mean? Using that grown man strength. But if we had Mitch out there, that'd be a lot easier. You know what I mean? Like, but to your point, just about you just talking about like, you you're asking about like game two, right? Like what? I guess what are the key points of focus going in, or what? what yeah, I'm should? just looking real quick at the injury report because I could have sworn somewhere that, you know, if, we, if the Knicks continue to move forward, they might he might have a chance to return. Actually, uh, no, I lied. Never mind. No, I was about to say like, he about he about to come through like in the middle of the second quarter like Willis Reed. Right. <laughs> <laughs> he he uh, comes in. He just puts his uh, trademark headband on. 
Takes the sweats off. Fuck shit up. Blocks the shit out of Trey Young on the first possession. <laughs> um, you know, what I did <laughs> see was t- was Tibbs not ruling him out. That's what it was um, in the playoffs. Right. But, the, yeah, there's no real date. Maybe maybe if they make the, the, the second round, we could see Mitch come back. But the, the only concern really is that Nerlens Noel has a sprained ankle. So he might be uh, not in game two, which would be trouble. And we're going to have to rely on Pell to come through. Um Norvell. Yeah. So wait, did you did you playoff veteran? Oh yeah, no. I just realized what my point was. Just to round back to like, if if Randall plays how he did, that's also like gonna benefit Reggie. Obviously, that two man game. Like, and obviously, if he's if if Julius is heating up like he like he can, that means they're gonna send more hard doubles, and he's been good at reading the doubles. You know what I mean? Passing out, and making those extra passes, and I think that's just gonna open up our offense. It's gonna get like RJ better looks from three. And side note, like I like that he took advantage of the Trey Young matchup in certain possessions. But like I don't know if it's a Tibbs kind of like oh the young guy needs to earn it. But like yeah, let's run some more offense through RJ, especially in a game like last like on Sunday where Julius really didn't have it. Reggie wasn't bringing it. It was really just Burks, IQ, and fuck who else? Rose. You know what I mean? That were like kind of bringing it to a certain degree. I feel like if we ran the offense through RJ a little bit, especially in those in those like minutes where Capella wasn't there and there wasn't really a rim protector, I feel like RJ could have cooked, bro. You know what I mean? Like I feel like that's one of the things I'm gonna look out for. I, it really just boils down to how much Tibbs is gonna adjust for me. That's the biggest thing I'm gonna like focus on for next game. But what about you? What do you? I think it's a Knicks Gallo's haircut. What's that? Oh yeah, no, I didn't recognize him from where I was. She's disgusting. Where was he on January sixth, bro? Was he in DC? Like, what the fuck is going on, Yellow? (laughs) Yeah. We could not let him cook with that haircut. I I mean, thankfully he didn't, but. Even still, Randall had more motivation to cook him. I mean, it didn't happen. Julius said didn't didn't take Gallo into the post and shit. But my haircut is god awful. She's disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um, what was I gonna say? Oh, uh, if the Knicks even had like an average game that they've that we've seen from the last two months, where they make more than ten three pointers the whole game, where you know Bullock just score one more three where RJ isn't shooting one for six from the three like that shit is not something we've seen since like January like this is arguably one of their worst games that we've seen in the last three four months and if they just play at the level that they, they normally do then you know the W should be coming the RJ Barrett isoing Trey Young I think could be a key point for the Knicks to win this game tire him out with the 6-6 guard and you know I saw a stat line Again, shout out to, to our guy Tommy Beer. Um, yes, RJ Barrett has played against the Hawks seven times in his career. In those times, Trey Young defended him on 27 possessions. Of those, RJ scored eight of nine, and the Knicks have Yo. scored 44 points. Like he he cooks Trey Young. Like he has a history Yo. now, a building history of cooking Trey Young one on one. So why not utilize that and do it? He only did it like twice in in game one, and he I'm sure I, I believe he scored in both of them. Um, let him iso Trey Young, tire him out, so that way Trey Young can't Trey Young can't keep walking into the pick and rolls and scoring those buckets. Yeah, and I think that's that comes down to the gift and the curse of Tibbs. You know what I mean? Like going in, one of the biggest talking points about Tibbs, at least from our end, was just like, 
oh, everybody's going to play hard in the playoffs. So that takes away one of the trademark yep. positives of a Tibbs lineup. But also, I mentioned it earlier on the pod, but Tibbs is a rigid kind of coach. You know what I mean? He's he's almost set in his ways in terms of his principles. It's not like he's Spo, who's going to be out there like experimenting like a fucking mad scientist. You know what I mean? He's like, oh, we'll put Jimmy at center. We're going to make fucking Duncan Robinson a point guard. Some crazy <laughs> shit like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Tibbs is not going to go that far at all. But that's the thing I'm looking for, seeing how like, okay, a major adjustment in terms of the tip spectrum would be just not playing Alfred Payton at all. You know what I mean? Yep. That would be like a breath of fresh air. And that's not to even just like be harsh on tips. You know what I mean? There's certain pods out there that are just like cursing them out. I'm not going to do that here because I, I still have perspective. You know what I mean? Like, uh, our guy Macri on Knicks Film School, he loves to say that like this whole season is just the Knicks playing with house money. You know what I mean? We're not even supposed to be here. And like, I don't want to have that mentality in the playoffs, but I always have it in the back of my mind because at the end of the day, we're going to be the worst team in the league. Tibbs got, bought, got us here, you know what I mean? But it's also like, yo, raise expectations in the playoffs. You know what I mean? Yep. Like, I'm not expecting you to just be out there and like experimenting the shit out of it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't expect him to be like Mike D'Antoni and just like have like 38 threes per quarter. You know what I mean? But like some adjustments to what the, the Hawks are doing and to your point, Yo, attack the fuck out of that fucking, like, dirty lint roller-looking motherfucker, bro. Like, I just... Yo, fuck Trayon. <laughs> Did you say lint roll-looking motherfucker? Yeah, he looked like a dirty lint roller. You <laughs> know what I mean? You know, like, when you, like, just use a lint roller too yeah. much, and it's just, like, mad dusty and shit? That's that's his head. He's like, dusty he just, like, ripped off that sheet and just pasted it to his head. <laughs> um... Not that ass. His hair looks like he likes. He just put Elmer's glue. He, he's he's actually shaved his head. Shaved his head. He's actually a bald man. He put Elmer's glue on his head. He went to his near nearest barber shop and he just started rolling around on the floor. <laughs> That's what his hair looked like. Yeah, he looked like one Wait, of those. Continue. It's like one of those demonic dolls with hair that goes up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm looking back at like old articles with Tibbs in Chicago and to see what their complaints were about him. And apparently making adjustments wasn't something he was good at. Uh, He just kept relying heavily on his core guys, you know, Rose and Noah, and kind of drove them to the ground and not making the proper adjustments and shooting better. Um, You know, I'm just, just, you know, skimming through the article, but that was one of the reasons why he was let go from Chicago. Obviously, they didn't win many playoff games after the first year that, that he won Coach of the Year, but I mean, yeah, adjustments was something injury. he's known for. Yeah, I mean, and to your point, even I'll even give him a benefit of the doubt there. Chicago had much more talent than this squad does mm-hmm. right now. You know what I mean, obviously. So when you have like an like an, not even an overwhelming amount of talent, when you have a good amount of talent, you can almost get away with just like being like you know stuck in your ways and sticking to what you think works because you've got that overwhelming amount of talent. You guys are just gonna be better than the other guys. That's not the Knicks, bro. <laughs> you mm-hmm. know what I mean, like. You take away our our effort advantage, and then you take away the fact that we don't have that much elite talent, or like we're not stacked with talent, like up top to bottom that the Bulls were. We got to rely on like that tactical advantage. You know what I mean? Like these little things in the regular season, they don't mean mean shit. You talk about the little things in the regular season, you seem like a nerd. In the playoffs, where every possession like counts, these little things matter, bro. Yep. I'm just fucking hyped that we can talk about playoffs. Like, I'm frustrated we lost. I fucking hated seeing him just, like, shush the crowd. Like, shut up, Trayon. Like, literally, we can get, a con- like, a concession stand worker to stuff you in a locker. Like, relax. <laughs> he, he needs to relax. <laughs> we need to just shut his ass up. And then go to ATL and just, like, like I want Julius to shush the crowd over there. 
if they have fans showing up. I don't know, like, if the Hawks are, you know, believe in fans, you know? Like, they could sell tickets to their stadium. I don't think, you know, they have actual fans. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, we'll, we'll probably see Quavo there talking shit. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, game two is going to be a big game for us. We have to see him making adjustments. Otherwise... You know, God forbid the Knicks lose game two, we're gonna start panicking and wondering, and all the all the old Tibbs doubters are gonna are gonna resurface, and they'll be like, "Oh, see, told you so." <laughs> Tibbs doesn't readjust, and you guys didn't want Kenny Atkinson, you know, bullshit like that. Kenny, he's a fucking ball boy for the Clippers right now. People mm-hmm. need to relax on that. You know what I mean? But um, to like the thing is though, if we do knock on wood, like fuck that, like let's not even jinx it. But if if that happens, if that if that scenario were to play out. I think this is where the advantage of us being so jaded all these years becomes a benefit. <laughs> this shit won't face me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I'm bitter as shit. That ain't good. Like, I'll be pissed in the moment. Next day, I'll be like, all right, you know, 0-2 in the playoffs, it beats, you know, being 0-2 in the lottery. You know what I mean? Like, 0-2 at, like, getting the number one pick. I'll take, I'll take this. You know what I mean? Perspective is everything. But that's not like to have a loser mentality and saying, oh, I'll be okay if we go 0-2. Nah, bro, we, let's stomp these motherfuckers out, bro. Mm-hmm. Like, Nixon 5. <laughs> we could end the pod there if we want. I'm down for it. Um, real quick, man, 100 episodes. Uh, like I mentioned yeah. earlier in the episode, talked a lot about some of the highlights that we spoke about. Most of them were low highlights. Um, <laughs> but it's it's really dope to see that for episode 100, we get to talk about the Knicks' first playoff game in eight years. And, you know, it's, it's pretty special to me. I'm sure it's special to you. And for everyone who's been listening to us for all these years and just going through this journey so far, we really appreciate it. Um, it's been, you know, super fulfilling for, for myself um, to be able to talk about the Knicks like this. And, you know, on to, on to the next, next set of episodes, man. I'm excited. Yes, sir. I mean, I thought we was gonna end with like a like a fucking. Remember in every Adam Sandler movie, it'd be like fucking Rob Schneider saying group hug in the shower tonight. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like he's about to end it like that. He just look a group hug, like virtual group hug with the Knicks fans. Let's do that after this series. You know what I mean? After after we uh, t- you know put put these guys to bed. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I echo everything you said. Honestly, on some real shit. Like, there's there are moments where we just like we would just be talking it was like yo. Fuck the Knicks right now. I'm too fucking pissed. Or like they're too like trash right now to even record this week. This is, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, there are moments like that. Obviously, you know, it helped that this is just like a side thing for us. You know what I mean, I mean, not that we don't love doing it, but now it's just like, yo, our passion project is actually more to be passionate about. You know what I mean? Like, and I dig that. So hopefully, this is like one playoff appearance of many more. And yo, like, like I said, Knicks in five. Let's get it. On to game two Wednesday. May 26th. So let's go for that W. If, you are, if you're listening to this, please make sure you're following us on Instagram and Twitter at Nick is Show and follow us on all podcasting platforms. We really, truly would appreciate if you give us a five-star review on, on Apple Podcasts. It helps us guys out uh, on, on the charts. And um, we'll be starting the Nickish at night soon. We'll, that's still in the talks. We haven't done it for a little while. Bring in new guests every week. Let us know if you are interested. And once we bring it back up, Uh, We'll make sure you're on that list and join us for a live show. Until next time, take care, everyone. Peace.